0: This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. $5 a month. You get ad free episodes. Hello.
1: Hi. We have a
0: party tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we do. On Saturday,
0: I should say, whenever you're yes. listening to this in Chicago
1: uh-huh.
0: at 5 o'clock
1: uh-huh. at
0: a place called Fat Cat. Fat Cat
1: in a Chicago. Town. um we just got word apparently the lawrence red line stop is under construction so if you're taking the uh the train there be aware of that get off at uh at wilson and walk the two blocks or whatever um we also wait we have other announcements right
0: we do um but yeah if you're gonna come there we hope to see you there yeah i'm really safe get there
1: i'm really excited fat cat's a really cool fun very chill bar it's Like a yeah, Um, it's we've done we did this a couple years ago. It was fun. People seem to make friends, I think, and we're kind and generous and chill. Uh, And I am very much looking forward to it.
0: And uh, next thing was you were on a podcast.
1: I sure was, Hemant. Thank you. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was on God awful movies. Uh, This is my second time. I
0: what movie did you watch?
1: We well, movie is generous. It was a um, essentially a. Like a propaganda film from the nineteen from nineteen sixty, I think it's this like half hour black and white story of like a leave it to beaver family, and then a scientist is coming to visit and they have to really oh no. figure out how their Christian values <laughs> and science can live in harmony and who boy, it's there's like a twi-
0: stranger danger, but with scientists.
1: Exactly. There is a twist ending. There is a mom <laughs> who never gets named, but she does have some sort of generic, uh, lady cancer. We believe I just realized it the other day. Cause we-, we recorded it in like maybe May or April <laughs> and I didn't remember anything. It's, pretty stupid. So, yeah, you can find that uh wherever you're your it dropped this past Tuesday, so.
0: Sweet. And uh by the way, if anyone listening, uh we got a request to open up a Discord server file. Here's the thing, thing about
1: that. I don't know what Discord is.
0: I know what it is. There's no <laughs> way I'm moderating it or running it. So, we're putting this out to you if you are familiar with Discord and mm-hmm. you would be interested in managing one mm-hmm. for this podcast, uh, email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. And just, I mean, this ain't a resume. You're not getting paid. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, not now, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you're interested and you think that would be a good thing, let us know. I'm not, I have no problem, like, with anyone starting it. Yeah. I just kind of want to know what's I, going and
1: on. And I don't have the. Time I don't play or video games, to... in case you
0: could tell. So Discord, not is really Discord my a thing. video game thing. It definitely Wait, is. Wait, I thought. It's a way to converse. What's
1: the other video game thing that I'm thinking of that everybody? Uh,
0: video f- games. That's all I got for you. Okay. Mario Three was the last one I I was
1: playing. Uh, no, there. Maybe it is Discord. I don't know. Maybe Doctor
0: Mario. If I was feeling saucy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's I all would I play Doctor Mario on my uh my Game, game Boy. Boy. Yes. Yeah. Those are dope. Did you ever have? A th- the screens weren't backlit? And so we had yes. to like sit under a lamp or like my parents got me one of those. I'm sure it's like $40, but like there's like lights that clip on Look and there's you. like a little yes. magnifying glass. Man, loved those Game Boys. Loved a Game Boy.
0: The peak of all video games. I'm sure I, of it. Listen, no one should introduce me to anything new because honestly, I just assume that's the best.
1: I feel the same. I play, I had an N64 and a Game Boy <laughs> And now I play like Candy Crush on my phone, and like honestly, that's as advanced <laughs> as advanced gaming as I really want to get into. I don't. It's all that matters. I don't have time for like. Which cuts, is all to say, scenes.
0: Discord means nothing to us. So if it means something to you and you're interested, let us know.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: let's start with some actual interesting, good, happy news for oh. once. I know it's a weird show. So weird. Um. Harvard University has chaplains for all various stripes of religious groups. Okay, there is the Jewish chaplain, the Muslim chaplain, etc., mm-hmm. and uh, they've done this for a long time, for many decades now, and they've expanded. I feel like they're at more than three dozen different chaplains. If they get paid, it's through the organization like that's sponsoring that chaplain and not necessarily through the university.
1: Is it one for one? Is there one Catholic, one Lutheran, uh, one Muslim, one Hindu? I feel like there's Hindu? probably
0: like thirty Christian versions, variations. Okay. But in general, yeah, I mean they but have that's chaplains the for the different is groups. Like, okay. Including conservative religious groups mm-hmm. and liberal ones. So it's a very it's as diverse as you would imagine mm-hmm. with any religious landscape here. Um But they all work together in a lot of ways, because the issues that matter to some religious students are going to matter to other ones. Mm -hmm. And the reasons you might ever want to see a chaplain, because there was a loss in your family, because you're upset, you're depressed, and you want to talk to someone who kind of understands where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. that is also true of non-religious students. And at least when they've done not scientific, but like survey the freshman class yeah. at this particular university that draws in a certain type of student, uh-huh. there are a lot of atheists as well. And for Do you have
1: hard numbers on that?
0: Uh not in front of me, but okay. yes, there are hard numbers on that. Okay. At least again, they send it out to their entire freshman class. Sure. And it's like one of those, I feel like off the top of my head, it's like nearly half of the students are non-religious. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if they're not atheists. But um, Greg Epstein has been their humanist chaplain. I should say not Harvard's chaplain. I think it's a very meaningful distinction somewhere. He is the humanist chaplain at Harvard because he's not employed by them. It's a weird mix. But he's been there since like 2005. He's been there as long as I feel like I've been really involved Uh with organized atheism in any way. And again, it's a valuable resource to to people who are like, atheist chaplain, that sounds like an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. I just want to stress to you how important that is because there's been a push in recent years. Uh, The U.S. military, which has who knows how many members in it, there are zero non-religious chaplains, (laughs) Um, which is weird (laughs) because of all the people who would want to talk to someone, about shit going on in their lives, mm-hmm. you would think it would be the military, but they've never okayed a humanist chaplain in the army. Uh, uh, maybe close to the navy, but
1: I think the army cares as much about mental health. And, they should care more, but they do have But as, they
0: do have religious chaplains. They have no. Muslim chaplains in the U.S. military. They do not have atheist do ones. Do they have
1: on-site psychiatrists? Because call me when that's the thing. Which maybe my it guess is. is
0: my guess is they have access to that stuff, but still. They don't have a lot of humanist chaplains yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Um, but again, it's someone you could talk to. The last thing, I've heard this from people who wanted to seek therapists. Yeah. It's like, I'm going through shit. I want to talk to someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go visit someone and they bring religion into it. Right. And it's like, that is not helping me. Mm-hmm. I know you mean well, that is not helping me. And it's kind of nice to be able to talk to someone. I lost someone in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear how they are in heaven right. or that I will see them you know, later on or something. Talk to me realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the sort of thing a humanist chaplain can provide. Not just atheists, but anyone who wants to talk about these sorts of issues. They are all trained. They have experience in this world. So I don't want to... I feel like I get this knee-jerk reaction every time I write about chaplains. It's like the first comment. On any of those posts, like, why do we? Yeah, uh, who cares? Why do we need a chaplain? It's like you don't maybe, but a lot of people could use it.
1: People who comment on articles or whatever and say, "Who cares?" (laughs) You're You're the real hero of Facebook. (laughs) Congratulations! So,
0: at uh, because there are so many chaplains at Harvard, they have a leader. That is elected by the other chaplains Mm -hmm. or at least a small group of them. And Greg Epstein just got selected unanimously, I should say, to be the president of all the Harvard chaplains. So this week in The New York Times, uh, when he was finally able to announce it, there was an article about like Harvard has a new president of their chaplaincy. It is an atheist, something like that, Um, which is a cool side uh, mention. I mean, the reason that article, I think, got attention is it's an atheist. Right. But honestly, every, when you read the quotations in the article, uh-huh. everyone's like, yeah, but it's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of known as a bridge builder. He's not here uh-huh. to push atheism on people. Yeah. He's the sort of guy who's like, no, 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 this guy's the Muslim chaplain. He's fantastic uh-huh. because of X, Y, and Z. Right. It's not about fighting debating degrading any other person mm-hmm. he's very much a let's all work together on these issues that we share in common at least when we can mm-hmm. so it didn't surprise me that he got selected in that role it didn't seem to surprise anyone the new york times talked to they're like yeah it totally makes sense Aww. so anyone who sees the headline they're like what this is ridiculous mm-hmm. every religious person quoted in the article is like no yeah no he's he's fine he's Aww, good that's great <laughs> so it, that is awesome it's a uh, now Here's what I want to see happen, which okay. is not coming from Greg. This is coming from me. Oh. Um, Joe Biden still has that, like, office of faith-based... Uh,
1: are you making a personal request yes, to President Joe Biden? that's right.
0: They have that <laughs> faith-based ba- faith office community initiatives that Obama started and then yeah. Trump made all evangelical, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, they don't have, like, an advisory board like they had in the past few administrations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to get around to that, but... Even under Obama, they never had a non-religious person as an advisor on matters of faith to the administration, which Mm -hmm. on the surface, I guess makes sense. Like, why do we need to reach out to non-religious people? Who would we even talk to? I'm saying this is, (laughs) I know, right? Like, if you're looking for somebody, this would make sense. Right. Like, you have someone with a qualification and who's known as being a bridge builder. Um, Like, if you do it, Here's an easy way to get it done. Um, And also, I should say, uh, Greg and I and several other people worked together on a campaign over the summer Mm -hmm. called Humanists for Biden. So, like, they know
1: who he is.
0: (laughs) I know people in the administration have worked with us in case. Just putting it out there.
1: Oh, boy.
0: All right. Let's talk about something else that pissed me off and it should piss everyone off. Um, Brigham Young University, Mormon School, Utah. We know that. Um, we talked about this two years ago. There was a guy there named Matt Easton. He graduated from BYU, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in their College of Family, Home, and Social Sciences, and he was their class valedictorian. They, mm-hmm. had a, they, they had valedictorians there. So he gave a speech at graduation. And during his speech at graduation, he actually came out as gay publicly. Oh, he I said this guy. his friends knew, close people to him knew it, but he had never said it publicly. Yeah, yeah. And he thought being a you know, graduating at the top of his class at BYU as a practicing Mormon. Mm. He thought this is an important thing. He, I believe he said he had to submit a draft of his speech ahead of time too. So he did. And they were like, yeah, this is fine. Oh, like you're allowed to say this. Sure. You're not saying like, hey, church, change your ways. Uh-huh. He's saying, I'm gay. I'm not ashamed of that. Right. Something like that. So that happened a couple of years ago. It was a big deal at the time. Um, and I should also point out BYU is known as one of the most homophobic colleges in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, One time in the past, their bookstore, which sells like cards because you got to go somewhere, you got to pick up a card Mm -hmm. for a wedding, they banned same-sex wedding cards. Like, congratulations on your marriage, because that would be seen as a sign that the Mormon Church endorses this sort of thing. And this is
1: like a BYU official bookstore, not just like a Borders that was on the campus. (laughs) Yep, that's
0: right. So anyway, the, the point is, here's like... This is how BYU has shifted. And I could say the same about a lot of uh, universities affiliated with the Catholic Church. Sure. The Catholic Church is Mm anti-gay. A lot of colleges that are affiliated, in theory, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the Catholic Church are very welcoming to LGBTQ students. Uh, Welcoming in quotation marks. But, like, they have clubs. They have the alliances. They have uh, whatever LGBT pride group Mm -hmm. on campus. And, I mean, they face discrimination because... Those students always Always face discrimination, but it's not like it's so much worse necessarily at every religious campus. So the fact that here's a BYU student coming out as such, the fact that even BYU students, especially today, more than in the past, Mm -hmm. are more likely to be like, I'm fine with it. I know what the church teaches, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm fine with it. Keep all that in mind, because this week, uh, they had their 2021 university conference, big deal for Mm -hmm. the school. And one of the speakers was one of the apostles of the Mormon church, like a big wig in church leadership. This ain't the Pope, but it's like the next level
1: down. It's like a cardinal coming
0: in. Sure. The Mormon cardinal. Okay. No one write us about that. Yeah, I don't care. Um, So he's an apostle. His name is uh, Jeffrey Holland, Mm -hmm. big deal guy in his eighties been there for a while. Um, not that anyone cares listening to this podcast, but in case you're curious, when this guy speaks, he usually people like listening to this guy talk uh, he's a uh, in good general. He's a good orator. Like, yeah, he's generally like compared to the other options. <laughs> not the worst. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was congratu- He also was the president of BYU for a good chunk of time back in the day. Mm-hmm. So he has a clear connection to this campus, obviously, as uh, he's in the Mormon hierarchy. So it's a big deal. And I want to read to you a little part of what he said, because this seemed to come out of nowhere. He's kind of criticizing BYU for not sticking to church principles. Mm -hmm. And here's what he said. My beloved brothers and sisters, a house divided against itself cannot stand, quoting... Who was that, Lincoln? Mm -hmm. And I will go to my grave pleading that this institution not only stands but stands unquestionably committed to its unique academic mission and to the church that sponsors it. We hope it isn't a surprise to you that your trustees, like people like him are not deaf or blind to the feelings that swirl around marriage and the whole same-sex topic on campus. Ooh, I am feeling bad things coming. If a student commandeers a graduation podium intended to represent everyone getting diplomas in order to announce his personal sexual orientation, what might another speaker feel free to announce the next year until eventually anything goes? Dot, dot, dot. Yes, we will always need defenders of the faith, but friendly fire is a tragedy. As in criticizing me, how dare you. And from time to time, the church, its leaders, and some of our colleagues within the university community Uh have taken such fire on this campus. And sometimes it isn't friendly. Wounding students and the parents of students who are confused about what so much recent flag-waving and parade-holding on this issue means. Unquote. So he's mad at BYU students who might have participated in a pride parade mm-hmm. who call for the church to get better on LGBTQ issues. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and they're criticizing the higher-ups in the Mormon church. They're criticizing the administration for sticking to the church's rules and not doing the right thing. And
1: you're saying that people don't like being criticized and tend to clap back. That's so I know, and he's weird. like, "Why you
0: guys need to stop doing that?"
1: Usually, powerful men take criticism really well and reasonably. <laughs> so I am shocked, shocked. I say,
0: "Yeah," um, which is a weird way of saying, "Like, hey, remember, kids, this church is very against LGBTQ people. We're against their rights. We're against their allies." And uh, the way he said it, we're against even openly gay people who aren't ashamed of it, even though nothing that graduate student said violated church doctrine. Because, keep in mind, this is one of the issues I had when that guy made the speech a few Mm -hmm. years ago. He was saying he's openly gay, but he was still a practicing Mormon. And by that logic, if you want to extend that, he's basically saying, I'm never going to get married. I'm always going to be celibate Mm -hmm. because I follow the church's rules. Mm -hmm. But I'm gay and I'm not ashamed of that, which is like I'm glad you said that. But also, I don't know if I like where this is going. But also, it's not my life, so whatever.
1: Yeah, and it's also like obviously he's old enough to know his own mind. He's a yeah, college graduate, but like he can do what he wants. He's still young, and uh, <laughs> the th- the things I decided I was definitely going to do or not do at 22 are not necessarily the same.
0: <laughs> and that explains your face tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> and here's this Mormon apostle saying like. He basically has a problem with that kid, too. Yeah. Like, how dare you come out as gay and do nothing else that violates church doctrine? But he's basically blaming people like Matt Easton for stoking divisiveness in the church, as if we should all get along, and that is a higher priority than human rights and civil rights and fighting for your fellow Mormons mm. who are mm. LGBTQ. Stupid.
1: Like, it's all it's, dumb. It's like,
0: so dumb. Um, they asked... Matt Easton, hey, I know you heard the speech. What did you think about the speech? Uh-huh. And he said, uh, I think this is to the Salt Lake Tribune, I'm proud of what I did two years ago, and I stand by what I said. I wasn't trying to grandstand or commandeer the event. I drew on my personal experiences because they shaped my time at BYU. Authenticity is not the same as agenda pushing.
1: Oh, shit, that's good. <laughs> I take it back. He's much smarter than I was <laughs> at 22. I was an idiot. <laughs>
0: here's, here's the irony. This guy, Holland, he gives this speech. Uh-huh. Um, and on the same day, BYU announces they're opening up a brand new Office of Belonging. To help students who face prejudice of any kind, that including is that based on race and sexual orientation.
1: That is dystopian title of anything. <laughs> Office of Belonging. That is we know you straight feel outcast. out of Grace New World. Huh.
0: We know you feel outcast, but we want you to know you are welcome here. We even built this special area for your people to stand <laughs> Ignore in. Ignore <laughs> the man
1: in the fancy clothes saying how much he hates you. We love you!
0: By the way, I don't know... I just saw this on Twitter before we started recording... Um, Someone just shared a video of a kid on BYU's campus basically vandalizing pro-LGBTQ messages that were chalked on the sidewalk, and he basically was trying to erase them or vandalize them while saying slurs about LGBTQ people, which I I wonder, is that connected to what Holland was saying earlier this week? Because this is what he said this week was controversial among Mormons. And certainly ex-Mormons are furious about it, but also even practicing Mormons are like, you're not helping. Like, we're trying to show gay people we love them, but it's like the Catholic Church at this point. Like, you can be Catholic and say, look, we do welcome gay people with open arms. It's like, yeah, but have you heard what those people are saying? Because they Uh, run this place. So... Oh, that guy.
1: Yeah, that sucks. And was it, I, I saw a clip of that video that when you posted yeah. it, at a, when I was just waiting for my food, was he talking or was he ju- I just, he saw was him.
0: talking, someone was videotaping him. He knew someone was videotaping him and he is saying slurs, F word about gay people. Like, and what
1: was on the ground? I saw him just dumping water on the ground. Yeah. Was I just assume it said thing? like,
0: we love you, LGBTQ pride, whatever it was, something cool. like
1: that. Cool so, guy. That's what's cool. happening
0: at BYU among the people who follow church doctrine. Uh, yeah. So we definitely go.
1: want more of the guy shouting slurs and less of the guy bravely telling his life story to people who might not understand it. Good yes. job, BYU. You're <laughs> emphasizing the right lessons.
0: This one almost made me laugh, except uh, it, it has to do with vaccines and people against them. That's not funny. But in Ohio... <laughs> They're uh, hearing a bill, there, there's a bill going around HB 248, which would ban mandatory vaccinations and vaccine status disclosures. Mm-hmm. It's a Republican bill saying like, how dare you tell me to Republican protect Republican bill? What? Yes, I know. In Ohio, who knew? Oh my God. Um, but they haven't passed it. It's in the House, This it's through its like seventh hearing right now. They haven't made headway on it, uh, presumably because no one wants to become Florida uh-huh. and they're not <laughs> eager to pass this stupid bill. But they had a hearing this week, and so what that means is if you're a citizen, you can sign up to deliver a speech Mm -hmm. to the lawmakers, whether Mm -hmm. you're for or against it. And usually with that sort of thing, when it's as controversial as something like this, the people who are for the dumb idea, like, sign up to speak in droves, Mm. and the ones who are against it, because they're smarter, Mm -hmm. are like, no, I'm good, I'm... Like, I, I'm against it, but I'm not gonna sign up to drive to the Capitol to make my. You know what I sure, mean? Sure. Like, it draws the crazies a lot. Yes, yes, I yes. wish it wasn't the case, but that happens. Anyway, if you look on the list of all the people who want this bill to be passed, mm-hmm. one of them was a guy named Father Gabriel Lavery, which would make you think he is what?
1: A priest from sure. the 19th century? That too.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, on the surface, it would sound like he's a Catholic priest. Uh-huh. He was wearing the the collar with Uh-oh. the little white uh, part you could see. So he's dressed the part. Mm-hmm. And so he submitted testimony in advance, which everyone had to do. And if you read that, it basically says these vaccine requirements should, quote, simply be forbidden as a violation of human rights. OK.
1: I feel like when you're writing a <laughs> bill, simply is not what you want to lead with i feel like yeah. bills are infrequently simple <laughs> so
0: he spoke and then he took questions i guess they allowed lawmakers to ask questions to the people who were speaking and someone asked him how do you square your position against vaccines mm-hmm. with that of pope francis who's been very pro vaccine and masks and like he's, he's been like fine pope who it. now <laughs> and so this is what the guy said yes here's what the guy said well, that, that goes down to, first of all, deeper religious questions. As Francis on many occasions has contradicted Catholic teachings, I certainly don't recognize him as Pope. Oh You have to be Catholic to be Pope. But I don't think, but I don't think that's that's what we're here to discuss today. Yeah. So, okay. That's the part that picked up attention online. Like, did the the priest just say you have to be Catholic to be the Pope? And that was implying Pope Francis is not really the Pope because he's not really Catholic. I love this. And so, of course, you got to dig into that, right? So here's the deal. That guy is not a Catholic priest. He just cosplays as one. Um, he's part of a movement called Seda Vacantism, which basically rejects all the new lines of popes I'm going to need, popes.
1: uh, you to say that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seta... Seda, S-E-D-E, uh-huh. vacant, okay. like vacant uh-huh. So Seda Vacantism. I don't
1: know what Seda means.
0: Um, but, uh, basically they reject the current Pope as the legitimate heir to the throne. And After who'd... Pope Pius XII died in 1958 they gave up on the new line of popes and the new vatican reforms because they were too modern these oh. people need to stick to their conservative roots and the catholic church has taken the I wrong see. direction so
1: this is the guy whose roots are more in the catholic church should not be accessible it should be like he like wants all latin lo- let all the mass, time things like back that the inquisition do, do i don't most people know how it works. know that like up until the fifties or sixties Catholic mass was given in Latin. I don't know if like that is a well-known thing. I feel like I learned it as an adult, but like,
0: yeah, I feel like that was a whole John Mullaney set somewhere.
1: Yeah. Like my, <laughs> my dad said he remembered going to, to a Catholic church when he was little and it was still in Latin, which yeah. like God church is pretty boring now, but Christ. And the heresy
0: imagine? that they made it in English right. to allow people to experience right. church. But yeah, this guy belongs to that group. He runs a place called Sacred Heart of Jesus Church in Akron, which sounds like a regular church, Mm -hmm. but is actually part of this offshoot group, um, which is to say he looks like a priest. He talks like a priest. He claims to be Catholic, but also he uh, believes he has as much legitimacy among the Catholic Church as I do.
1: Yeah, Like,
0: they don't recognize him as priest, which... Means he's not a priest because yeah. they get to decide who represents them, at least according to the Vatican. But anyway, the point is, this oh, yeah. guy showed up to this Ohio uh, hearing dressed like what assumed everyone assumed was a Catholic priest because they didn't look into it. Right. And they're like, why
1: would you? Yeah.
0: And they're like, well, how come what you're saying doesn't match up with the Pope? And this guy is like, how dare you ask me that? Because, <laughs> so you funny. know, that's the only thing anyone ever asks him. When he's like, let me tell you about my church. Oh, you mean the Catholic Church? No. This (laughs) is like
1: a guy who wears like a really like gaudy bracelet and just hopes somebody asks him about it. Like, oh, this? It was forged in the fires of Mount Doom. Why do you ask? Like, he wanted this. He was craving this kind of attention.
0: Oh, it's great. This guy signs up for every hearing, by the way, and he shows up because he...
1: Wait, really? He does?
0: Like, he does. He uh-huh. shows up for other hearings, too. Uh-huh. Says father in front of his name. Hopes no one asks him about anything. And
1: Is that... I mean, I guess you can just give yourself. I guess I'm technically a priest, because I'm... But, but, like, okay, so you can't call yourself a doctor unless you have an MD. Like, that's a real thing. Right, right. Or a PhD, obviously. But, like... Is there anybody who's going to be like, sir, you can't just call yourself father. Well, first
0: of all, I mean, we've had that issue. I mean, certainly among evangelicals who earned honorary doctorates from like non-credentialed, non-accredited schools. And they're like, here, Ravi Zacharias, we want to make you an honorary doctor. And then in his bio, or we want to give you an honorary doctorate. And then in his bio, he's like, Dr. Ravi Zacharias. And it took a while before people were like. Wait a minute
1: but that's not the same thing
0: no uh, I would maybe
1: like can the Catholic Church say like that's our thing dude you can't just take that like is there a you know I'm just curious if there's anything I don't sort know of... if
0: there's anything the Catholic Church can do because they don't own the word father right they, you could dress however you want right um they, there's nothing for them to take away because he doesn't have anything but he'll let you think he does sure. like I don't know if there's anything the church can do.
1: Yeah, I I bet they would figure it out if he was like a dangerous person. I bet they'd be like, actually, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to be we're going to lock down a little bit harder on who can be called father or not.
0: Uh, Here's an interesting piece. This appeared in Salon and it's written by Phil Zuckerman, who I absolutely love. He's a professor of sociology and secular studies at Pitzer uh, College in California. And he's written books about like why religion is not necessary to uh, live an ethical life. Mm -hmm. And the article basically, I'm going to summarize for a second. We still tend to think you need God to be good, that religion makes you moral. Mm -hmm. And his entire piece is on basically every way you want to measure morality, Mm -hmm. atheists do better.
1: this is the argument that he wants
0: to make. And some of this stuff is measurable. Other stuff is just common sense. Let me read you some of it. Considering the pandemic, for example. Sure. um, No moral person would want to willingly spread it, bolster it, or prolong its existence, COVID-19. And yet when it comes to the battle against COVID-19, it is the most secular of Americans who are doing what they can to wipe it out, While it is the most faithful among us, especially nationalistic white evangelicals, Mm -hmm. who are keeping it alive and well, (laughs) taking the vaccine saves lives and thwarts the spread of the virus, so too does sheltering in place as directed and wearing protective face masks. And yet, here in the U.S., it is generally the most religious among us who refuse to adhere to such life-saving practices, while it is the most secular who most willingly comply. Mm Um. Only 10% of atheists, he pointed out, only 10% of atheists said they would definitely or probably not get vaccinated. Oh, interesting. That number jumped to 45% of white
1: evangelicals. Wow. And
0: then you look at other Shit. things. Again, measure, some of these measurable, some of these more common sense than anything else. But he said, like, look at other ways we could judge morality here in terms of who supports helping refugees. Mm-hmm. Affordable health care for all. Mm-hmm. Accurate sex education. Death with dignity, gay rights, transgender rights, animal rights. Who opposes militarism? (laughs) The government use of torture, the death penalty, corporal punishment. Um, The most secular Americans, he wrote, exhibit the most care for the suffering of others, like we don't want to see it, while the most religious exhibit the highest levels of indifference.
1: Yeah, atheists are pretty great, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and then he even brought up, like... Okay, forget all that stuff. Some of that, even if you put all that aside, even if evangelicals say uh, those don't count for whatever reason, how about when it comes to the unborn? Because this is kind of their trump card Mm -hmm. for evangelicals. Like, we care about the unborn. You want to murder babies or something. Right. This is back to the issue. If you want to care for the unborn, you would think... Let's not punish doctors who want to provide health care. Mm-hmm. Let's not hurt victims of rape. Mm-hmm. Let's not force women to give birth to non-viable babies. Mm-hmm. That would be tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones who call themselves pro-life are the ones who reject mask mandates, oppose universal child care and health care, who want to destroy the environment or not Stop it. Mm -hmm. And they want to create a society where school shootings are more rampant. I mean, all this stuff ties together. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's saying uh, Christians are immoral or that atheists are all good. Obviously, that's not the case. It's that being Christian does not guarantee that you are moral. And in the case with, like, white evangelicals in the United States, like, it's easy to see that. Yeah. Um, So, again, people who reject religion, you're making the world a better place. I I was trying to think of what's the way to say all the, all those uh, evangelicals who are like, hey atheist, there's a Jesus shaped hole in your heart that you need to fill. What is the version of that to say to them?
1: You have a moralistic hole in your heart that you need to fill. You you're there's so much. You wait, your no, heart's I'm getting too there.
0: big. Would Jesus take it out? That sounded wrong.
1: Well, like there's so much in your there's so much. Fuck, so much space in your heart held out for Jesus that you forgot to let in real people. <laughs> That's almost there. It's almost interesting and good, but it's not. I'll keep working keep wor- on yeah, that. Keep workshopping it. Let, let me know about that. <laughs>
0: let me give a shout out to our sponsor for oh, this good. week. So
1: give be time. Yeah.
0: I do a lot of research and writing from public places, using public Wi-Fi, and sometimes if I'm trying to watch news clips from other countries, I get blocked because they know I'm not from that country. I tried watching a 60 Minutes-like documentary, and I was prohibited from watching it, even though I just wanted to watch it for the sake of writing an article. And sometimes going in incognito mode or something just isn't enough, since internet service providers can still see where I am going. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your location online, or websites only think they know where you're. So that websites only think they know where you're located. Just push a button, and you'll have access to a lot of content you can't normally get, like if you want to watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix or anything on the BBC iPlayer. Um, I can stream it in HD. It's compatible with my devices. It encrypts my data. It's great. So if you think data is your business uh, and not theirs, just go to expressvpn.com slash friendly atheist. You will get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's com slash friendly atheist. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Let me jump to another piece of what I thought was pretty good. News for once. Wait, I
1: almost have it. You're more concerned about a man who died 2,000 years ago than the kids who died at Parkland? No, it's nothing. Ooh,
0: keep working on that yeah. one. Yeah. All right. I want to go back to 2006. There was this, this is a study that came out that has been in my mind ever since. 2006? since 2006. Since 2006. And it was published in the journal Science. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically showed the acceptance of evolution in 34 countries. And basically, if you look at the top of the list, Iceland, like, it's got to be like 90% of the people in Iceland Mm -hmm. accept evolution. They know it's true. No issue there. Next on the list, you got like Denmark and Sweden and France. And then you jump all the way to the bottom of the list. Uh At the very bottom is Turkey, uh, where creationism has taken hold. We're talking more than 50% say evolution is false mm. and another like uh, 20% say it's not they're not sure
1: hmm. and then
0: next to last right next to Turkey is uh, the United States we're not much better than they are
1: we're next to last yeah. I'm sorry. did you say this is all countries all, or it was like 40 some odd countries all so countries you,
0: where you could probably take a survey let's do it that way sure <laughs> um we only 40% of Americans said evolution was true uh About 40% said it was false and a lot of people were not sure. It was not optimistic. And the point is, here's a list of a bunch of countries and we're not good at this. And so that's been in my mind because that was during the whole uh, intelligent design era where people were trying to sow doubt into it. Now, last year, uh, maybe two years ago when we talked about it, it was different. Gallup does a poll about evolution every couple of years And they actually found something surprising, which is 55% of Americans accept evolution. But they broke it down. Okay. Um, Only 22% of Americans correctly said humans developed over millions of years, with God playing no role.
1: I'm sorry, you said how many percent?
0: Twenty-two. That's so few. It's people. so few. That's like a handful uh, of people. Yeah. Who said? Again, we developed over millions of years. God mm-hmm. had nothing to do with it. Thirty-three mm-hmm. percent of Americans said, "Okay, fine. Millions of years, fine." But God guides it. Which is...
1: So, uh, fine. I will... T- honestly, Hammond. don't care. That's fine. I will t- I will lump that in. Give, us, give me that 55... <laughs> that sweet, sweet 55%.
0: So, it was like a... Okay, fine. It's more than half if you include those people, too. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yay for being a majority for once. Yeah. Um, but let's add one more piece of data to this now. And this one is not just Gallup. This Detum. Detum, yeah. <laughs> uh, a new paper published in the journal Public Understanding of Science... They looked at surveys collected over the past 35 years to see the acceptance of evolution over that time period. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that the acceptance of evolution, quote, increased substantially in the last decade. Basically, um, do you agree with the following statement is what most of these surveys asked. Human beings, as we know them today, developed from earlier species of animals. Yeah, they did not ask about God. They just said, "Do you accept evolution?" That oh, okay. Way? And they found that over the past decade, the percentage of Americans who agreed with that sentence rose from forty percent to fifty-four percent. Okay. Which again, huge jump. It is the majority. It doesn't ask about God. Uh-huh. So part of me is like, fifty-four percent tracks with what Gallup said in twenty nineteen. Yeah. But Gallup broke it down with the God question.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but this suggests it wasn't a one off. It's not just them. Most Americans accept evolution. It's not nearly as high as it should be in a better country. In a better country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll take 55 for now.
0: For now, yeah.
1: It's, and at least it's trending in the right direction, right?
0: It does seem to be. Now, one of the things they pointed out is like, so what do all these people have in common? Why is there this surge over the past decade in Americans? What changed? Because it's not like politics. We've gone from Obama to Trump and kind of back again. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, it's not just that. What is it that helped? And the thing the researchers pointed out is that looking over the past 35 years, um, the big changes were science literacy, taking college courses in science, which Hmm. became a bigger requirement, and having a college degree, which more Americans have now than ever before. So more people are going to college, taking college classes, said, and taking a science class is a m- mandatory class in a lot of places
1: um can you can you go into do you know any more about science more more frequently taught in college um is I don't it like have, a more well rounded education type like, yeah core, I mean like core credits
0: here's what one of the researchers said um almost twice as many Americans hold a college degree in twenty held a college degree in twenty eighteen than in 1988 so in that uh, span of 30 years almost twice as many americans have college degrees and that researcher said it is hard to earn a college degree without acquiring at least a little respect for the success of science Mm -hmm. and they also pointed out completion of one or more college science courses was the strongest predictor of adult acceptance of evolution Hmm. which makes sense um, and it means, you know, if you need a higher education in order to get a job to make mm-hmm. more money, you're almost certainly going to have to take at least a science class or two. Yeah. Um, because you gotta be somewhat well-rounded.
1: Well, and what I think, is what I was just thinking about that I never had considered before is that, like, I was a lit major, um, and I had to take, you know, my core science classes. I think mm-hmm. I took, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but... In hindsight, like, when you're studying lit, especially, like, 19th, 20th century literature, you sort of study it alongside the scientific advancements that were happening in culture at the time. And so, like, even though I was a lit major and learned, only took, I think, one, maybe two science courses that I don't really, I think I took two, um, still, like science literacy was part of understanding what I was studying as well. So it makes sense that people with higher education, even if they're not studying something, even if they're not getting, like, you know, their BS, yeah, you just kind of understand more, like, how science works and its advancements and all that That's stuff. kind of the
0: thing that I've heard from a lot of creationists, too. Like, once you actually understand the process and that this isn't scientists believe it. Right. Like, there's a process. We right. can back this up. And once you learn how science works... It's a lot harder to accept, like, what a creationist is going to tell you about it.
1: Yeah, be- um, because the, I think creationists lean very hard on, they just made this thing up. It's indoctrination.
0: It's indoctrination.
1: It's, it changes all the time and, and makes those kinds of spe- It's the same thing they're saying arguments. about
0: vaccines now. Like, well, they developed it quickly, so you can't trust. It's like, you can debunk all of their lies, right. and they're things that, like... Sounds scary to the uninformed, Mm -hmm. but it's like, no, it's the fact that it was developed quickly, that's not a flaw here.
1: Yes.
0: There's ways to do it with evolution too. The ways they dismiss it, Mm -hmm. it's like, do you want, I mean, will you listen to the rebuttal if we give it to you? Um, Another thing, so they said positive correlations with the rise of evolution acceptance. Graduating college was a big one, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, Negative correlation with age, as in older people are less likely to accept evolution, younger do not. Um, I sorry, should say younger people are more likely to accept it. Uh-huh. Here's one that surprised me having kids helped. Why is that? I was not sure at first. Like, why would having kids make you more likely to accept evolution?
1: Wait, I really want to think Can about that. Can you this. guess that one? Because
0: it, it took me by surprise. Did I did it? not okay. get this at first. So
1: my first instinct would have been, like, all the doctor's visits you get when you're <laughs> pregnant. And, like... Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That would be my first guess. But your laugh told me that probably isn't the right answer. That's not what they said. Um. Yeah, I have no... Is it like the aspect of like relearning things with your kid? Is it like reading books?
0: Yeah, pretty close to it. it. They said, uh, this is from their paper, although we often think of adults as transmitting science information to their children... Research in recent decades has shown that many parents learn new science information through helping their children with homework, assisting sense. with science fair projects, and answering questions that occur during science museum visits or viewing of science related events on TV. Mm. So, yeah, I having love that. kids. There you go. So the Duggars are like, awesome. they got to be super <laughs> science y, I assume. They've never
1: been to a museum. No, they went to the <laughs> creation, creation museum. museum yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that, that must interesting.
1: be interesting. I kind of love that. Isn't that interesting? Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, oh, you're going to enjoy Lori Alexander here. Uh, Christian blogger, mommy shamer Lori Alexander, the Shh. transformed wife. I hate her. Yes. Uh, she she's has so always. She's smug and I'm oh, yes.
1: smug and she makes me.
0: <laughs> she hates feminism. She hates working women especially. Mm-hmm. And she's spent a lot of time recently trying to explain why women should not work outside the home. Ooh. And here was her latest argument. I'm going to read this to you.
1: Is this... Does it only ever apply to mothers? Yes. Do married women with no children exist in her brain? No. Interesting. Nope. So Interesting. she said,
0: uh, here's why you should give up your day job and stay at home. I don't care what your husband does. He surely makes enough money, you know, mm-hmm. for for everything you need. Okay. Here's... I'm quoting her. When I was in high school in the mid-1970s, most of my friends' mothers were in the workforce. Homes were left empty during the day. One of my church friends, the only other girl in our church, would tell what? would tell me about her fornication exploits. She and her boyfriend would go to her home during lunch and fornicate. She had a number of abortions. Yeah,
1: it's called a nooner, dude.
0: No one was home since her mom worked outside the home. It all seemed so appealing to me, thankfully. This was not the life I ever wanted to live. So according to her, uh-huh. women should stay at home, not have careers, because not have if sex. they are not at home, kids will have sex.
1: Oh, she was saying, oh, this was like a young person she was talking to. I thought this woman was saying another human adult said... I go home and have sex with my boyfriend. No, this her, her is high, high, school high school friend said,
0: I had sex with my boyfriend because my house was empty. So we went back home during lunch and had sex. Oh. And she's like, see, women, this is why you shouldn't work. Which, again, I just want to point out, if Even kids if you- want to have sex, they will find a way to do it. They don't care if you're home. Oh, my God.
1: God Do you no. know
0: how many rooms are in some houses? So many.
1: And I'm sure transform wife with her single income family. <laughs> Wait, no. She works. What the fuck is this bitch talking about?
0: She works from home writing screeds against working moms.
1: Oh, so I'm technically good cuz I am a freelance writer from home? Um With a cottage industry, the Christians love a cottage side, industry.
0: Yeah, side hustles are okay. Uh-huh. You just can't like have a real job okay. where you might have to go somewhere.
1: I have three jobs and they are all work from home. So I feel like I've found a loophole. And that
0: is why your kids are not having sex. Never going to have home. sex. Yeah. Um, she also said so. Obviously, she had to consider. Someone would have said, you know, kids like have, high schoolers are going to have sex. If and they have like have sex. cars.
1: And she said woods. Yes,
0: teenagers can have sex in cars. But it's far more comfortable and easier for them to have it in their own homes and in their own beds. When mothers aren't home, it's too easy for them to fornicate. Yes. She said the word fornicate.
1: Yes, when kids are trying to scramble to find a place to have sex because they're 17 and horny, Mm -hmm. they're like, where would the most comfortable and cozy place be? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This sex is going to last 45 seconds and it's going to be okay for everyone involved, hopefully. And they're, listen, they don't want to have sex in their bed.
0: (laughs) Their twin bed.
1: Their twin bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's like still decorated from when they're eight. Yeah, with the race
0: cars on it. Yeah, yeah. I hear you.
1: So sexy.
0: I love how she thinks this is the argument to convince moms. To stay home
1: But wait Your kids will not have sex (laughs) If you are
0: home Like they know you're home They'll go somewhere else If they want to I
1: want to be really clear Sex generally As we know it Takes two or more people So like presumably That other partner has a home with a bed yeah. and maybe parents who aren't home. And also, hey, does she know being a stay-at-home, stay-at-home mom does not mean you are, like, you're not under house arrest, ma'am. <laughs> you can go to the store. Yeah. You can go shopping. You can, like, go visit friends, do volunteer work. You're not going to be home 24-7, my dude. Fucking weird beards. Yeah.
0: Uh Here's some good news from Sydney, Australia, because they take COVID seriously mm, yeah. there, and they had a lockdown rule, like no gatherings of any kind. Stop it. Mm-hmm. We want to nip this in the bud before it gets worse. And so last Sunday night at a place called Christ Embassy Sydney. It's a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, do predominantly, <laughs> predominantly black church, uh, Christ Embassy Sydney. People, the police found out they were going to gather there uh, despite the lockdown warning.
1: Hmm. And if
0: this happened in the US, oh, yeah, nothing would happen. Nothing like it should happen, nothing would happen. Yeah. They went to that church, yeah. The police did. They there were about 60 people there, most of them were chil- About half of them were children. So the 31 adults who were there,
1: uh-huh. they
0: uh ticketed every single one of them.
1: Wow, with
0: fines of $1,000 <gasps> each. Shit! And they find the church of $5,000 on top of that. That doesn't
1: seem like enough, but go on.
0: (laughs) So basically, uh, yeah, there
1: you
0: go. The police minister said he was quite stunned by the reckless behavior, saying, if major cathedrals can stream services, then suburban churches can as well.
1: Dang. And
0: I... I just enjoy that they take it seriously and they do not care Mm -hmm. if your religion is the reason you've decided to avoid lockdown. Because, again, this is it's a selfish move on their part, Mm -hmm. which is like, we want to spread COVID in the name of Jesus. Like, no, you don't get to do that because it's a deadly virus. There are other ways to worship. There are other ways to have a church service are easy. Everyone else figured it out. Mm-hmm. You could figure it out too. I. They have a YouTube channel. They know how to do this.
1: Yeah. W- <sighs> Interesting.
0: Uh, one man in the service uh, said to the congregation, because <laughs> they knew they were in trouble, and they knew they were going to get caught. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, we refuse every lockdown in our cities. We declare the lockdowns are over in the name of Jesus.
1: Oh, so they get Fox News in Australia too.
0: <laughs> hey, Rupert Murdoch is right there. Yeah, I guess. So <laughs> Touche. Um, but it's
1: because of them the lockdowns might last even
0: longer. Yeah. Like if you want to go back to church in person, mm-hmm.
1: stop it. I wonder, have has there been any? Do you know off the top of your head? Do you, have there been any incidents in the United States of like non-Christian groups trying to push boundaries on COVID laws? I
0: mean, school. I'm thinking of public school parents who are like, "No mass mandate. Put our kids back in school." Well,
1: I guess. Oh, let me let me be clear of of what I'm asking. I'm wondering if so. One of these many American groups who have done similar things to what they did in Australia to obviously no no. Well, people died, but other than that, no financial issue. Um, if, say, a mosque
0: did the I same have not thing... Heard, I have not heard of a mosque or a synagogue okay, in I the same way, either. certainly not in the same numbers, um, I'm just, doing this. I'm just
1: wondering f- what the reaction from the Christian yeah, so right would should be. Say, would they uh, be, like, good for them? Some
0: Orthodox Jewish uh, synagogues, mm. congregations in, like, New York, they held, like, mass weddings during the height of pandemic one. Um, And yes, some right-wing evangelical Christians were like, yes, more power to them. Uh Uh, One guy, uh, who was it? Rick Wiles, one of those mega type cultists Uh was like, I'm paying the fine that the state gave them because I support their right to, I guess, spread COVID and kill people. So
1: that answers my question. My question was going to be like, if somebody else does it in the name of religious freedom, but not religious Christian freedom. In, In
0: this case. Yeah. If it means you're gathering in spite okay. of what Democrats are trying to do to protect lives, they're fully fine with it. Yeah,
1: I, was, I guess I was trying to figure yeah. out who is the big bad. Is it the, the government Democrats. or is it
0: Yeah, they, not no, they're, they're totally fine with other religious groups doing it if that day comes. Got it. Uh, but for the most part, this is unique to the cultists among us. Uh, one last story for you here, which is uh, aliens. Oh. Do you believe... Uh, here's the question asked by the Pew Research Center uh do you believe there that intelligent life exists on other planets? Probably. So your options are oh, it does exist it, probably wasn't it does an not exist um, or no answer
1: um I would lean toward it does exist. But and notice
0: they say intelligent life, so we're not talking like,
1: oh, I don't know, point. a
0: bacteria per se. Good
1: point, good point, good point, um, good point. And I, that, I also,
0: really... that also weirdly assumes there's intelligent life on this planet, which, uh, debatable.
1: That's very. a very good joke from the You're 1990s welcome. that you just
0: told. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do, Give th- me my own show on HBO <laughs> every Friday night.
1: <laughs> this is a thing I think and talk a lot about. Like... I think that it's more likely than not that there is some other form of intelligent intelligent life out there. However, like with the caveat being, I do not think anybody has visited.
0: Different question.
1: I know it's different right? question. I'm not answering the server, I'm answering you and, <laughs> and getting ahead of some emails. There, yeah.
0: there you go. I, I would probably agree with you. Like if you believe the universe is friggin' huge yeah. and the odds that we exist here today are astronomically yeah. small. Is it more likely that we're alone and we're the only species that's ever poofed out like right. of the Big Bang or something? Or like did it happen somewhere else? Somewhere? Yeah. Like probably. Yeah. And, and t- if and if they did exist, they're probably way more intelligent uh on any um, capacity than we are. They're not just lounging around.
1: Unclear. Um, but I do want to say that the whole ancient aliens thing, aliens help build XYZ, Y Z—is just racist, right? Like, is that, we all know that, right? They're like, these brown people couldn't have built something this tall when white people couldn't do it. Aliens. Racism.
0: (laughs) I feel like I have to slap a meme on the podcast here and I can't. (laughs) Aliens. Yeah. Um, so here's what I've never seen that
1: show and I can still hear his voice in my head. (laughs) Aliens.
0: So here's what the Pew Research Center found. Who believes there is intelligent life beyond Earth? Uh, atheists, 85% said, yeah, I believe it is out there. 85%? Yeah. Um.
1: That's so many. That I feel really like that's is more so than atheists who believe and in, like, evolution.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're not saying we've met it. They're not saying uh-huh. we will ever meet it. They're uh-huh. just saying, yeah, it's probably out there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, 85% of atheists, which is the biggest... Uh, Actually, agnostics also 85%, which surprised me because they don't know anything about anything, but they have very strong opinions about aliens. That's
1: funny because when you asked me, my first answer was I'm agnostic about (laughs) it. I just don't yeah. think there's any way we can know one way or the other right This now. one
0: actually broke up the nuns into atheists and agnostics, and the numbers were identical, which is so weird to me. I've never seen that before.
1: Why would they break it up? Uh, I guess Because just there her.
0: was enough atheists to answer the damn survey this time. Funny. So 85% of atheists said, I believe, in Intelligent Life on Other Planets.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Who was the group that was the lowest in terms of that? With 40% saying... 40% yeah. is still very
1: high. That is, that is I'm pretty I'm going to go with our friend's... White Evangelical Christians. Bingo,
0: you win this game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and the more you, if the less you prayed, the more likely you accepted that there was life probably somewhere out there. Uh-huh. And again, Pew doesn't get into why necessarily all this is happening. But, as I said, like, I think the odds that life began and evolved on one planet in one galaxy and literally nowhere else, Uh that seems incomprehensible to me. Yes. Not based on data, per se, just based on, like, math or statistics. Well, and
1: it's the whole Sagan (laughs) slash contact quote of... You know, I don't know if something's out there, but there's, it's a lot of room, which sure would be yeah. a waste of space. And the, even I haven't Dawkins, seen that movie since I saw it in theaters, and I pulled that one up. Even Dawkins
0: has uh, written like, "How lucky we are to exist at all be in the face of the right odds." Now. I don't know where that one's from.
1: That's Hamilton. How lucky we are oh, to be alive right now. I didn't How hear could the first you? part of that.
0: Sorry, you don't get the first part. Sorry. That was a whole bit we
1: did together. That
0: we were not in the show.
1: If you um. I was on Truth Wanted uh, through the ACA, and the last question we got that night was a guy who called in from Serbia and said... I believe in aliens, but it makes me feel like a bad skeptic because I know because <laughs> I know there's no proof for right, it. Right. And I was fucking stoked because when I'm talking spe- conspiracy theories, that is the stuff I want to talk about. Of like, of course we can't prove it one way or the other. To me, that makes it much more fun to discuss it. Oh yeah, because nobody can Google it and be like, oh well, an alien came down in 1942 and you missed it. So you know what I mean? Right. Like,
0: I also think it would be interesting because for evangelicals, white evangelicals, and and I mean, look if you look at other groups, for example. Uh, Black Protestants, who are typically more liberal, Mm -hmm. uh, but black Protestants, 55% said, I believe it. Uh, Catholics, it was 67% believe it. Um, But it was atheists and agnostics who were way up there.
1: I did not realize that belief in intelligent life outside of Earth was so prevalent. I assumed it would be like a quarter. Yeah,
0: I would I would be with guess. you. I thought all those numbers would be a lot lower. I guess one thing to keep in mind, though, and this is interesting, like, for white evangelicals especially, because that 40% number is really high for them. Really high. If they found intelligent life, or er, forget intelligent life, if you found life uh-huh. on other planets, bacteria, something, uh-huh. um, what would that do to their faith that believes God put us here on this planet? We are special. God's watching us. I feel like I I feel like I've said this before, but that may be the one thing that would destroy the foundations of their faith more than anything else, which is to say we're not that special anymore.
1: Strong disagree. I genuinely I could not disagree with you, Les. I think that first of all, I think that the 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 nature of faith is so malleable that it's not too difficult to sort of, like, work, wrap something else in. And I think if you already have in your head that your your god is omniscient and can see everybody everywhere and can hear everybody's prayers, the, to me, the stretch of, and also on other planets, does not seem that far off to me at and I think all. they
0: would try to, if they found out there was life on other planets, how long would it take to pull, like, a John Allen Chow and, like, I must convert those people who have never been interacted with my kind before, and I then feel they like, die.
1: I feel like the people who want to convert alien bacteria and the people who have access to space travel <laughs> is a Venn diagram with about a football field between them. I do not think that this is a problem that we will need to face in our lifetime. <laughs> was the, who was the name you mentioned? Is that the guy who got killed by the natives off yep. the coast of that... Indian. That is correct. Yeah.
0: John Allen Chow.
1: Yeah. He probably should have left them alone in hindsight, huh?
0: Really should have.
1: I feel like when you're going up against somebody with spears and you have a Bible, like, you know, not (laughs) pro-violence, but also...
0: Anti-stupid? What are
1: you doing? Leave (laughs) them alone. I also really like... They live
0: on an isolated island. I think I have the perfect number... They don't want you there. I have the
1: perfect number of holes in my body already. I do (laughs) not need to increase it. Speaking of which, we just watched Jerry Maguire recently. God, that movie holds up really well. Does it really? It does. Did you ever see it?
0: I thought you were going to go with an OnlyFans joke, and I didn't go
1: there. Oh, no, I didn't. Hey, good for OnlyFans for (laughs) opening I I hear it's... Welcome back. Yeah, people still... People still lost a lot, but like, I don't know. I'm glad the uproar, I'm glad the uproar got good results. And I also like to yell at strangers on the internet about their anti-sex work beliefs because it's pretty fun for me.
0: Very good. Hey, Is we'll that it? see you. Yeah. Wait. Well, what?
1: I, I have things. What? It's just one thing. Um, <laughs> um, I know it's August. It's almost September. Um, I heard I read an article recently about how the um, manufacturing supply chain is sort of fucked. So, buying presents for this Christmas season might be very, very difficult. So, with that in mind, and um, I, uh, my uh, the work I have uh, dropped down a little bit, which is fine, but I have more time for cross stitching. So, if anybody wants to kind of get out ahead um, and do Christmas presents or whatever um, for. This coming Christmas, I have a uh, Etsy shop, I sell cross-stitches I do almost all custom work, but there's a bunch For you to choose from, so please um, Bitches Get Stitch Done It's on Etsy um, And that's it Hemant, where can we find you online?
0: I am at FriendlyAtheist.com Go to Patreon.com Uh Give us donations If you like listening, it's all yeah. good
1: Yeah, oh hey, if we see you tomorrow um, Or whatever Come say, if you have a question or want to talk to us, like, just come say hi. Like, it, last time I felt really weird, like, going around to tables, like I was a oh, bride yeah. at a wedding. Just come grab us. Like, Same deal. Yeah. Yeah, like, me too. I just don't want anybody to feel like they are bugging us if they want to just say hi or have a question or Absolutely. comment or whatever. I, I just want to encourage that kind of thing. And I don't want feel, anybody to feel weird about it, because it's weird. Let's, yeah. all, let's all be real about this. This is going to be, it's going to be fun and great. We're all strangers. It's weird. <laughs> but it's going to be good. Anyway. That's all I have. Yeah, I hope we'll, you
0: can come. If you can make it, it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, we we look forward to seeing uh, y'all. And uh, if not, we will talk to you next week.
0: All right, have a good one all.